Welcome to Unsilent with your hosts, Dave and Brian. This is not another current events podcast. We're digging deeper, diagnosing, and discussing what's really going on today, how we got here, and providing observations for future generations. Welcome to Unsilent. We're Brian and Dave. We're hoping you'll let us know where we think you got it right and where we totally missed the point which you can do by visiting unsilentpodcast.com. Let's get into it. So, Brian, you and I were talking a little bit ago about how we seem to have a problem in our society focusing on big societal issues, and we make issues into big societal issues that past generations would have thought, what are you even thinking about, yes. right? I mean, that's, we, we you know, the, the, the place I'm at right now, Tacoma, Washington, uh, there's, let's see, there's a homeless camp right across from my office here um, that looks like a homeless camp looks. Uh, there are regularly on my way home um, piles of garbage along the street that nobody seems to want to do anything about, which used to be a uh, main government priority is like keeping the physical plant, if you will, of the county in good shape. Um potholes, I mean, just just the basic stuff seems to be ignored, whereas we have a lot of focus on things that I think a majority of people wouldn't even think of as serious issues. I mean, what do you think? Yeah. Well, I think there's, well, I agree with you 100%. I mean, before I escaped from the People's Republic of Washington, <laughs> yes. uh, I was in, uh, subjected to that all the time. Now, we still have a place up there, so we, we go up there, you know, I'm there a handful of times a year used to be arguably the most beautiful place in the country. Yeah. Like, you know, yes. it was clean, it was green, it was pretty, it was well-kept, and people prided themselves on that image. And not just there, but everywhere. It's, it seems like it's kind of a multi-pronged effect uh, thing to me. One is anything your parents or grandparents liked, we just, we don't respect or we don't regard it in sure. high, high regard at all or whatever. So even things like, kids getting passing grades in school, even things like not having just garbage on the streets, even right. things like basic decorum and politeness, right. um, things that don't, things that don't cost anything to do and things that do cost things cost to do because they're worth the investment. So it seems like a, anything that your parents or grandparents valued, like we just, we have to diminish that and we will not sure. hold that in high regard. And then the, the second part of it is, I think, you know, I'm not a sociologist. I'm not a psychologist. I don't, I don't know how this stuff works. But it seems to me that, you know, looking back 40 years ago, you know, when I was young and, and my understanding of what it was like not long before that, let's say 60 years ago, uh, you know, we kind of went through this phase in the 60s and 70s where um, – the boring stuff became the boring stuff. The stuff that's, you know, but, but the, but in the forties and fifties, that was the stuff that established us as a world power. Sure. Yeah, Education, um, you know, politeness, being on time, like these kinds of things are the, are the, are the behaviors that led that established us as a, a dominant force in the world right. and a society that people would risk their lives to come be a part of. Well, through the sixties and seventies and even the you know eighties and nineties, of course, beyond, but, um, if that stuff became boring and what was exciting was whatever the new thing was. 
And at first, the new thing generates some really good ideas, like the personal computer, for example, sure. and and electric cars, and like there's there's elements of that that produce really cool things when you allow yourself to kind of think of think outside the box, is the old cliche, right? But we've gotten to the the land of absurdity, where we ha- we we ha- the 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 benchmark is how new the idea is, not how good the idea is. Sure, sure. <laughs> So that's the second part of it. And, and what do you th- what are your thoughts on those two things? Well, you know, so I think there's always a there's always a um, tendency or a or a drive for one generation to say we're not like the previous generation. So I think there's there's always that tendency, and it's always been the case. So you know the 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 children of the '60s weren't too much interested in the big band era music, so they had their right. own music. They rebelled against that. The children of the '80s weren't too excited about the about the the rock music of the '60s and the Flower Children, and so you know we had punk punk rock and we had grunge and all that. So you know, so there's always been. I think that's a feature of, of generational transition, right? I think that always happens, but it seems to me that it's even more than that. Now it seems to me it's, it's on a different scale than that now. So even in those situations, I I don't think you could have looked at any generation and said, well, um, crime is not a big deal. In fact, it's, it's, it's such, such a small deal, uh, in, in comparison with, how people's feelings are that we're not going to actually even put anybody in jail anymore because it's just, right. you know, they, they've had bad circumstances in their life. We're not going to put them in jail anymore. Crime is so small on a, on a societal value or on a, on a, on a scale that at least some people think I'm should be the absolute yeah. scale. Yeah. The, the, it's, it's not, it's not at all pursued. And so I, I think even throughout the 50s, 60s, 70s, throughout all of our generations, uh, crime was looked at as, yeah, this is bad. You shouldn't go steal somebody's car, whether you're a hippie, whether you're well, a punk rocker, whatever. I think that the people in charge thought that, but there was a number of people who were not in charge who thought, like, you know, sex, rugs, and rock and roll, and and we could be hippies, and and you you know, if you if you borrow somebody's stuff for a while, I, you know, it sucks, but right. it sucks for them. But the people in charge didn't think that way. The people in charge still did have the this, um, they did value those things that sure. that that matter, like fixing potholes and education. You would have individuals who were kind of the fringe who would not didn't didn't think that stuff was important and lived their lifestyles in accordance with that belief that it was not important. Right. And then it became a little bit more mainstream, a little bit more mainstream, but there's still people in charge who said, yeah, okay, fine. You can have your weed and you can have your same sex marriage. You can have all the, all the, the things that we previously deemed, you know, wrong for lack of a better word. Uh, you can have all that stuff, but, but we still have to have educate kids. We still have to have right. safe neighborhoods for, we still have, to have parks for our kids to play in. We still have sure. to have, you know, Roads that are safe to drive on and are suitable for for whatever we still have to conduct ourselves in a manner that is worth um, admiring or you know whatever. Sure. And so you can have those things, and and but incrementally that stuff is encroached, and the people have aged out and died or left positions of power who had those values, and now the people who are in charge don't think that stuff is important. And I think that's one of the major shifts is before there was the 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 um, the bowling alley bumpers, you know, we couldn't get too far out of whack because the people in charge wouldn't let it happen. Right. But now the people in charge are the advocates for this stuff. Like the, the Alvin Bragg, the DA in, in New York, you know, as yeah. we're recording this now, the two cops are just beat up by these four 
quote unquote migrants, which right. I got to ask you about this migrant word later on because <laughs> migrants it indicates that they're like on the move. Right. These people are not on the move. No, Anyhow, no. in New York City, um, these you know four or six or whatever it is, uh, illegal aliens like accost these two cops, beat them up pretty good, yeah, very bad. and then the, the DA let them out with no bail. And yeah. and shocker, shocking. I know you'll be surprised to hear this. They left. <laughs> they didn't stick around for their court date. It's, it's they're, wild. They're it's hard to believe. They're, they're running. They're migrants, but, right? But that's a great example. Like the DA of Manhattan yeah. is now an advocate for this lawlessness, which before the DA would be like the that the buck stops there. That the, you can sure. you can go so far, but the DA would be like, no, we're common sense will prevail. Well, now common sense doesn't prevail because the people in charge don't like the common sense. Well, and I think what what has become predominant then is is a social belief system that has that now predominates over just physical reality. <clears throat> because right. you know you you cannot have I I think that uh, I I don't think if you got any of these people Alvin Bragg or any of these people in a in a in a room and you you know put the light on them and grilled them that they could make a logical case for why you should let people who steal cars etc uh go but or or not prosecute people that uh you know assault people on the street I don't think anybody they could they could really make a yeah, logical I case I don't think it'd be logical but I think that they they, I think in many cases they believe that this is a way to level the playing field. Well, and that's it. Yeah, that's what I mean by it's, it's a it's a social standard that yeah. has taken uh, precedence. It's it's elevated above just the basics that have kept us surviving as a society. So you have to have right. some some you, you know as as a human being you've got to have some some basic needs met. You've got to have a shelter. You have to have food. You have to have water. Yeah. You know, you have to have air. There's there's certain things that are required for a, a human being to exist. There are certain things that are required for a society to exist. And those things are uh, some sort of cohesion. There there's some uh, degree of of acceptance of, of laws of I'm not going to hurt you and you don't hurt me. Um, so there, there's all of that, but when, and and I think that's kind of the main point here is that the things, the, the basic things that are inarguable, I mean, they're just inarguably the most important things for keeping a society from completely imploding have been subjugated below the, the need for, um, and, and there's, there's, there's real social problems. I mean, this is not to right. say that we don't have social problems or there's not, there's not inequalities and there's not, you know, people doing wrong and treating other people poorly. That has happened and it does happen. So sure. that's not to say that things were perfect beforehand, but it is to say that when the, the, uh, societal feeling is that Nobody essentially can do anything worthy of, and I'm just on the crime issue at this, at this, at this moment, anything really worthy of getting stuck in jail or protecting your property rights as a human being. Then you've got a society that is, is rushing headlong into implosion, into, uh, into collapse because you, yeah. it physically not, it physically isn't going to work. It's physically not going to work. Yeah, a couple of things come to mind when you, when you, as you're saying that. One of them is just this idea of instant gratification is now the priority. Sure. Yes. And and maybe even instant gratification for the individual is now placed at a higher level than long term success for the collective. Right. So things like education, potholes, trash, crime, you know, that kind of stuff. That stuff is necessary for long term success because it it creates habits, and it creates expectations 
that in the long term will play out well. Right. That's being that stuff's being foregone for short term immediate gratification for individuals. I don't want to do my homework, and I have the right uh, immutable characteristics, and therefore I don't have to. So why right. would I? Well, that yeah. that feels good in the moment. Um, however, let's check in on those people in eighteen years and see how that's working out. And <laughs> if it doesn't work out, we can always just say, well, that's because of you know racism, and that's because of um, what what are the what are the isms now? We got racism and racism, and, sexism, uh, sexism. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it it feels to me like that that's one thing. And then, like you said on the the other point was, you can ignore reality for so only, only so long. Like I heard the, I heard this thing a couple of days ago. I saw it, read it, or heard it. And it was something like, you can ignore reality, but you cannot re- ignore the consequences of reality, ignoring yeah. reality, or something like that. Yeah. And, and I kind of like that's what we're doing because if you look, you know, people might be listening to this and going, well, who cares? What's the harm? Well, here's the harm. Uh, other countries aren't going to lower their standards like this. Right. And maybe even other countries who don't wish us all that well aren't going to lower their standards right. like this. Uh, I suspect uh, China is not uh, dropping their educational standards to the level <laughs> we are. Right. I suspect <clears throat> Russia probably is not. I suspect other, you know, other countries just won't. So, we can we can argue that that's not fair or whatever, but let's fast forward. Let's just let this play out a hundred years and look and see where our place in the world will be, and it would be substantially a lower quality of life than we have now. Right. And again, the instant gratification for the people living now, they feel that that's a big enough deal to say, yeah, that's okay. Who cares about my grandkids? Which is a wild, wild thing to think. Yeah. Like yeah. it's 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 one hundred eighty degrees from the people who gave their lives in the second world war or the civil war right. or the revolutionary war for their children and their friends, children and grandchildren, people they would never even know. They felt a duty to do that. And now whether it's the debt we're taking on or the, the lower standards for education, lower standards for how we, the, the you know, again, just the, the environment as far as like the garbage we're in and the how quality roads and just right. how ugly the, the stuff is now. Like people are just willing to say, my right to not to do anything supersedes your right to enjoy life. Well, and and I wonder, so here's a, here's a philosophical question about this. It was probably in the sixties or seventies when that phrase came out, if it feels good, do it right. The late sixties, early seventies. Now I don't perceive that when flower children or the, the boomers uh, in, in that age were saying, if it feels good, do it. They meant stealing your, you know, neighbor's car and <laughs> maybe right. they did, but you know, I, I, I don't think that I, I think that those folks are looking at modern society and seeing that principle play out in ways that they did not expect. I mean, it, it yeah. but it, so is it, but is it inevitable then? So the question becomes, is it inevitable when you get that kind of, of attitude that says the, the most, the only important thing, the only thing that, that carries uh, weight in our society is how a person feels about themselves, right? Uh, yeah. and, and, and how other people feel about them. So I, I have to feel about you that you, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you're doing, regardless of anything in your background, I have to feel about you. Must you must celebrate me no matter what. I must right. celebrate you. Your, your That's merit, right. you know, a meritocracy Boy, is well, racist. Because I'm a straight white male. So I'm, I'm excluded from this, of course. Well, but yeah, you're anyone excluded. else. You must so celebrate. I can use yeah. you as an example. And yes, that, that, <laughs> that, that works well, but, 
but you, I, I wonder if it's inevitable when that rather limited statement, probably in the seventies, if it feels good, do it, uh, became really popular to say. I wonder if it's inevitable from that point on that we reach where we're at right now. And therefore, I wonder if it's inevitable that in future generations. So we're going to, we're going to, after, after this crisis era is over, we're going to get to some sort of societal cohesion again. Don't know what it's going to look like, but it, we'll yep. get to something. And, and then there will be a gradual, then break down because that's what human beings do of society yeah. and w- is it always inevitable that you you start to elevate the the individual's feelings and their individual's right to feel validated there i think that's it right to feel validated regardless of what you've done in your life regardless of what you you're doing and regardless of of the the way you impact the world uh, is that inevitable that society society breaks down along those lines it seems to me it might be. I, I don't. I don't think so. And I'll t- I'll tell you why. Okay. So I, let me go back to what you started with, like in the se- late sixties, early seventies. If you feel this, you could do it. I'm imagining that the the backdrop of that, though, or the status quo was, you know, coming out of World War II, it was very solemn, very somber, very duty bound. Yep. Um, I mean, I look at pictures, <laughs> look at pictures of my family back then and like nobody smiles you know there's no <laughs> yeah, like right. smiling in pictures was not a thing no and they're not they're not frowning they're right. just they're just they're just not smiling Monitor. you know and i've seen other pictures from those eras where were in the 40s it was just it was a solemn time it was a yeah. sober time it was a a duty bound time so with that as the environment i would i would probably have been a person in the 60s who said hey <laughs> how about we have some fun too right like it's okay <laughs> to like live a little here right sure that that makes total sense with that somber, sober tone being the backdrop. Then you then you inch forward 25 years, and now we have like maybe some balance. And maybe, you know, by the 80s, probably we had a pretty good what you and I would consider balance between duty and entitlement. Sure. And but with that as the backdrop now, and you say, well, if it feels good, do it. And you know. If I if I screw it up, like there's always somebody in charge. There's always a Richard Nixon or Ronald Reagan or somebody in charge to make sure it doesn't things don't get too far screwed right. up. Yes, like yeah. oh, what impact could little old me have or my my band of friends or whatever? Right. We're gonna just have fun and and do whatever feels good. But as as that balance, as that scale drifts more towards we do what feels good and less towards the duty bound, sober, solemn responsibility piece, I do think that in our case it's inevitable so far that it has gone that way. You look at the roaring twenties before the great depression. Yes. Right. You know, you look at what let the mood led, led up to the, the, uh, uh, civil war and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, now where I think it's not always inevitable is I look at a country like Japan and I look at a country like China where the social, the, the societal collective need is prioritized over the will of the individual and the individuals sure. are measured by how much they contribute to the Society. collective. Yeah. So I heard somebody a couple weeks ago explain like, you know, they were saying like, well, you know, why, why did people go along with the communism in China? And the answer they proposed was because here's the unwritten deal in China right now is we're going to make you wealthy and you're going to give up all your rights in, in exchange for that. Sure. And, and by and large, they have, you know, yeah. the people, the people in China live a much different lifestyle than they did 40 oh, years ago. Exactly. Uh, like in, in, in many, I don't know about most, but many cases, like it's dramatically, like in, almost immeasurably different, the yep. lifestyle they have and what they've sold in return is their, is their rights, their, yep. their individual rights. 
but they're willing to make that trade off. It it benefits them to support the collective more than it would benefit them to to do what feels good in the moment. Sure. So in that case, I don't think it would be inevitable. Now, how that's going to play out in China, I don't know. I think I think that what I think the 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 problem with all these things, as you and I have talked about um, almost on repeat here, is these are not these are human being problems. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we get out of balance. We 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 yeah. take things too far. We want things we can't have. Then we want when we get those things, we want something different. Right. And we have a higher expectation of other people's behavior than we have of our own. And there's just there's just all these things that lead to a constant like it's like the ocean. I kind of imagine just the ocean of just like big waves crashing into bigger waves and smaller waves that are within the big waves and whatever. And I just think that that some degree of chaos is always inevitable. I don't know if it's always going to be what we are doing where we go from the sober, solemn, responsible, duty bound thing to just living like there's not, you shouldn't have a care in the world and there's no such thing as gravity anymore because one day gravity comes calling, whether you like it or not. One day the central bank can't print any more money. One day the stock market will crash. One day your kids won't be able to get a job or whatever. I, and I know I'm rambling here, but I, before I, before I let you respond, I saw a thing, um, yesterday it was, uh, a handful of college students. Now, this wasn't Harvard, but it wasn't Green River Community College either. Right. <laughs> it, was, it was a college students. Like, it was like a state school or something like that. And there was a handful of them. And somebody asked them what 15 times four were, was. How many out of this handful, maybe four, five, or six, how many do you think got the answer, Dave? I'm scared. To, I'm scared. to. I mean, the cynic in me says zero. <clears throat> zero. Yeah. <laughs> These are in college. These are college kids. So, so. Okay, and I laugh like what's the big deal? But there will be consequences for that. I there yeah. will be consequences when not just for those handful of individuals who if they continue doing what feels good at the moment will just go home and smoke weed and whatever. <laughs> but for that collective generation, there's right. gonna be consequences. Well, in and it, it's interesting too, the the examples you used of for instance China and Japan. Um because I think there's another factor in there that makes it makes it more challenging for us as, as Americans. <clears throat> and that is that the Japanese society, and I'm not an expert on Asian cultures right. or anything, but it, it's a very, um, it, it's, it's a very, you know, monoculture society to a great extent. Yeah, I mean, it's, they've, they've, you know, you, you don't find a lot of necessarily, you don't find the diversity there that you find here. You, you, you and I would not fit in China and Japan anymore than we fit in here. We would, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we wouldn't fit in at all. Yeah. I mean, we just, we, we don't lift apart. Um, right. And, and I, th- I think, that, and if you look at some of the European nations too, to a certain extent, um, a, a lot of the European nations, even there's a lot of immigration that's happening in, in European nations, but, but, there's still, you know, to be French is to be French. Uh, I, yeah. I think there's a lot of, a lot of, of, of cohesiveness in long-term shared culture that we don't have here. Now, that's not to right. say that what we've got here isn't good. You know, that's not to say that right. the diversity that we, I mean, I think we've been able to, at least up until recently, we've been able to to meld the uh, cultures of from all of the world, the the Irish, the German, and the Japanese, and the Africans, everybody, and and come up with something that's really pretty unique and, and powerful in the world. I mean, our success, our, right. our success argues for itself. Um, but I think it's also it puts us in a place where it's a lot easier to pick apart a a 
culture like ours, a it's such a diverse diverse culture because you can set up group after group after group that can be hostile to group after group after other group. I mean the the, right. the big thing that we have in the in the college system right now that's it, it's been debated and the Supreme Court says no you can't have affirmative action on the uh in in college admissions because in Harvard uh people that qualified by merit like a lot of Asian folks that had qualified by merit weren't allowed to go to Harvard so that other folks that didn't qualify by merit uh, were able to go because they were historically right. disadvantaged. And, you know, you understand the arguments behind that. I understand the arguments about, you know, historical disadvantage, uh, et cetera. So, the, but the question is then, how can you create a cohesive culture out of that that doesn't start fraying as much as ours has? I mean, I, uh, in Japan, they've got a series of, of problems there, you know, the yeah. um, just like they, the China's got lots of problems. But I, I sure. think there's... There is, I think there's a, there's that part of the cultural issue as well. It's easier for those who are in particular, those who are cynical to divide us up and pit us against each other. And as a result of that, we ignore then those basic fundamentals, like keeping things safe. You know, J Japan, they don't have, yeah. you know, they've got strict gun control laws. Their, their crime isn't the way it is here. Um, <clears throat> why is that? I think a lot of that is a cultural reality. Well, it's because people value the the success of the collective yes. more than they value doing what feels good in the moment. Yeah. Well, and a and, lot of the collective and, looks like them, thinks like them, right. has the yeah, same and, heritage as yeah. them. 100%. I, and I think that that, you know, you and I talked about this when we first started doing this episode, this podcast, which was, I wish people would give us the grace that our situation kind of demands, that, yeah. that we are trying to do something that's never historically been done. Right. You know, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say never, you know, in, in, you know, when Rome was, a, you know, the Roman empire was huge. I said, yeah. you know, but they, they, <laughs> they had people of different ethnicities and cultures within the empire, but they largely uh, kept them uh, getting along by force. <laughs> Yeah, and they kept them alive in, in their regions. Yeah. They kept, you know, there, the, wasn't, there wasn't uh, uh, in the Roman Senate there wasn't uh, representation from the the uh, the Gauls, right? You yeah, know? yeah, that, that wasn't a thing. So, so we've tried to do something that is that is historically not really been tried before, which is take all these people of different ethnicities and and have them all have a different thing to unify them besides their immutable characteristics that you're talking right. about. And I agree with you 100 percent that. You know, this idea of, the, of trying that is only a couple hundred years old. Yeah. Right. And before that, 100% of how people judge how much they uh, would take somebody's input in, how much they trusted in, how much they would like them, how much they would allow their kid to marry them, how much they would want to live by them was by how they looked. Yeah. And, exactly. And it was, it was all these, you know, basically tribes or in some cases cultures that were just giant tribes, but tribes nonetheless. Right. And, and we are trying to do something that's completely different from that and saying, can we be sophisticated and mature enough to look past those immutable characteristics and try to find something greater than those to unite us? That's and it. I would say largely we've been successful with, yes. with some major hiccups in the road. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the one we're in now. Yep. The one we're in now, I would say, is not that much different than the Jim Crow era. Like, we're just picking yep. different targets, but we, we got to find people to hate. We got to yep. threaten to kill them, and we got to threaten to hurt them, and we got to, we got to, you know. And again, as you and I have said over and over again, there's only two ways this, uh, this unfolds in, in the world history. One is I, our, our tribe feels superior to yours because God gave us this, right. this ability, this superior to yours. 
or your tribe did something so bad to us, we're entitled to retribution. Right. That's it. Right. That's the story right. of humankind. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it does create, it does make us uniquely vulnerable in, in right. the West to, and, and, you know, we've, we've exported a lot of that to, to Europe and other places as well. So it does make yeah. us uniquely vulnerable to the, the dissolution that comes when tribalism, what we talked about last week, when it, yeah. it becomes the predominant value. So I, th- I think that's one of the, the things that for, and for anyone who future, thinks I'm exaggerating, by the way, in case history, in case by some fluke of nature, this podcast survives, but you know, Twitter doesn't or YouTube doesn't or whatever. I literally watched a guy who is, who's a very good chance of becoming the prime minister for South Africa, mm-hmm. the country, South Africa, talking about how he's not currently calling for the genocide of white people. <laughs> oh, that's he's not, comforting. <laughs> he's not currently calling, not calling for the killing. Of, and he didn't say genocide. He said a different word, but like mass, he meant mass killing. Yeah. And they asked him, well, well, do you, does that mean that you might in the future? He goes, well, I can't really tell the future. I'm just saying right now today, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Very comforting. And there's four million people who are white who live in that country. Yeah. And it's, it's no different than what Hitler said. And yeah. there's zero news coverage of it in anywhere in the world. Yeah. Like it's only through quote unquote fringe news sources. But it's a, it's a six minute video of the guy talking and like being yeah. interviewed by a reporter and, and people. And it's, this is what I think is important for Kenny G to understand. And Kenny G is the person, you know, 70 years from now, for those of you who have not listened a lot, uh, Kenny G is a, a fictitious character, but who will be a real life person living 70 years from now or so as they're, as they're going through the next, you know, winter uh, on the, uh, on the, the big, the big calendar, the, the crisis era, as David, and I call it, but also some folks call it the winter season mm-hmm. in our society, which happens every 80 to 100 years. I think it's important that, that Kenny G understand, like, this is what this moment is like. These things are happening, but powerful forces who don't want to be outed as supporting these things, keep it at bay. And so there's a ton of friction based on who hears what. Right. And, and we have a real change in how our, our news is distributed and received. And people are living in different, different uh, realities almost. Yeah. You know, if I were to ask, you know, if I were to ask people I, I know fairly well who who maybe have a different value set than me, but I, who I like, by the way, and probably who at least used to like me, maybe not so much anymore. <laughs> if I were to ask them, like, do you think there's any world leaders right now calling for the genocide of people of other races? They would say Donald Trump. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they would have no idea what I'm talking about when I'm talking about this guy yeah. who does not look like Donald Trump. And he's calling for the for the you know execution of white people like. It's it's a wild it's a wild time. <laughs> well, it, it it does go to I think we I think human beings retreat into sort of 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 mind spaces, if you will, when things get tough, they retreat into comfortable places in their mind that right. are, are supported by their ideology. So if we retreat into the space, if in South Africa uh, they retreat into the space of of well, we were oppressed by apartheid, literal apartheid, yeah. which they were, you know, for, yeah, they for were. a very long time. Uh, and therefore, um, it's comfortable to think of this this thing that I'm not going to fully articulate or fully say I want, but it could happen. You know, I, I think that becomes a comfortable place for people to retreat into when things get either when they either get too powerful or when people get too scared of what's going on around them. 
I think those are, yeah. those are real things that happen. And I think then the narratives, the, the social narratives at that point become <clears throat> the most important thing above the, above the physical realities that we see around us. And, and I think this is the, the, this is kind of my main point in this uh, for Kenny G, and that is when you see the social narratives becoming more important and more weighty and valuable to 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 decision making to the core function of society than the than the basics of physical societal functioning and survival, then you know you're at that sort of end point in this sort of crisis era. You're at the end point of, of any hope of <clears throat> resolving the conflict without, you know, a, a serious type of crisis event. I mean, you know, we yeah. hope it doesn't happen. We hope it's mild. We hope it's, you know, maybe there'll be a, a, a skirmish between um, two minor nations and we can have a little tiny world war and be done with, the, be done with it and yeah. move on to something good, but <clears throat> yeah. unlikely. I, I got to think, you know, looking way down the road and may, uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm too optimistic. You know, if I, I'm looking like two or 5,000 years from now, I got to figure that they have this stuff figured out, right? There's, there's, I don't know, Brian. I don't know. Race wars and things like that. But, but again, I, I say maybe I'm too optimistic because I look backwards 2000 years yeah. <laughs> and, and we're doing about the same thing now as we did then. Like we, you know, again, how, how the Roman empire operated is not much different from how we're operating Yeah, where there's just a, there's a lot of uh, corruption at, by people in, in high power People who are wealthy get to manipulate things, and then people who are not wealthy take retribution and they kill those people, and bad things happen to them. And lessons are learned, and then over the course of forty to sixty to eighty years, those lessons are forgotten, and we do the same thing all over again. Well, and, and I mean, two thousand years isn't very long in in human history. Go back to the Sumerians, you know, in the yeah. ancient Mesopotamia. Go back in archaeology tells us over and over and over that basically. Peoples live the same story all all the time. We just, right. Human beings for, you know, I, it depends on who you ask, but maybe we've got 10,000 years of recorded history. Not very good records back 10,000 years, but 5,000 years, 7,000 years. <clears throat> you, you, you just, you, you look at all these discoveries of, of cuneiform tablets and what are the stories that they tell? They're basically the same stories you read on Facebook or Twitter, or right. now known as X, uh, today. So yeah. I, I, I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of confidence. I think that's a, I think it's a, a feature of the human operating system. Now, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe they'll program it out of us or something and there'll be genetic engineering. I don't know. I don't, I don't have much hope in that either. <clears throat> yeah. I, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say, I guess, I guess long-term, I mean, eventually 20,000 years, maybe <laughs> at some point we're going to have to, I would think we'd figure this stuff out, but in the short well, maybe term, when we get it, to space, it, maybe when we can separate far enough from each other that, you know, we can be mad at the people in the uh, other solar system and we just can't get there to kill right. them. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 that would unite us. When, if we had an enemy bigger than the entire planet, that would unite us as one common people against a, a foe that's from Alpha Centauri or whatever. There you <laughs> I go. Suppose, <laughs> I suppose that might do it. That could. Um, well, <laughs> and, and, you know, like you were talking earlier about you know, these things, these, these things that uh, just don't make sense, these fringe ideas, they just keep yeah. going and going and going at the expense of things that are really necessary. What are some of the things that you see that are just 
blatantly necessary that are just being completely missed in favor of these more um, modern outlooks, I'll call them. Well, I mean, so let's, let's take a look at what, what, um, what governments focus on. So in, uh, let's take a look at the, the things that they pass. I'll, you find, I'll give you a few practical examples. One of the examples that is happening in Washington state right now is they're attempting to allow the allow governments to take, and this is very regional and local and, and modern. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're allowing them to raise the amount of money they can tax people on their property taxes, but there's no explanation of why that money is needed by somebody in government. We just need more money. Why? Well, we just need more money. So, you know, in, in the past, there would have been this idea that, well, this is happening. That's happening. We need more money for these things. So therefore we're going to raise a tax on this to do this or this or that, or the other thing. But, but here's the, here's the thing I think has changed though. In 1950, on the heels of these people in charge literally saving the world and having demonstrated that they were duty-bound to the society and they had an obligation to serve the society, they had earned the right to say that something like that, and people would give them the benefit of that because they had earned it. Well, they they they, they demonstrated that stuff, for sure. And then over time, they they used that credibility – but they don't, they've not earned it. And not only have they not earned it, they're actually using it for nef- nefarious purposes. Right. But they're just flat out lying. But they're stealing the credibility of their of the people who came before them who actually did serve the people. Well, and those who felt those that we trusted to run our society in those days, um, those that that had a high sense of duty, they also felt a sense of duty to explain what they were doing to a certain extent. Right. A lot more than, than today. So, you know, as an example, there was there was just some a, a number of like local um, uh, counties, cities, et cetera, have been voting on resolutions regarding the um, regarding the war in between Hamas and Israel. It's like, yeah, dude, I got I got garbage lining my street out here and you're spending your time talking about something you have zero impact on. Nothing. Yeah. You cannot do one little thing about that. If you're you know, San like, Francisco, right? Was well, it the San Francisco City Council? Well, I, they did that, but it's not just it, it's all Oakland, over the place. Maybe. Yeah, <clears throat> I think yeah. there, was, there was somebody here in Washington State that, that was doing that. <laughs> and I'm like, how is it, you know, how how is this a a useful realistic expenditure of time and effort on your part when we got when I got some homeless folks over here when I got garbage lining the streets because and, they hmm. get to look self they get to look righteous Dave they get to you look understand righteous they get yes. to look righteous and and more sophisticated and more evolved than rubes like me and you who went garbage picked up like <laughs> that's right get your shit together Dave they, they, that's on the scale of things, that's so low. Now, now us, <laughs> if they would just listen to us, we could solve world peace in the in no second of the city council of Seattle or Tacoma or uh, Oakland or San Francisco, all of these places this happen. And and me proclaiming that I am this wise, righteous person definitely is more important than your garbage problem. Well, and see, and again, that's that's a, that's an <laughs> illustration of that exact same thing that yeah. that social standing and. And sort of the, do I hold the right opinions takes precedence over, do I do the right things? Am I doing yeah. the right, you know, as, as city council people, I, I, here's the things I want you to concentrate on. They should be within the city limits of this area. Shouldn't they? I mean, it yeah. seems logical to me. It seems very basic to me, but 
the well, again, the, it comes down to it, we we value people on the other tribe on their outcomes, and we value our people on our intentions, right? Intentions. And they do the same, exactly right? Yep. They, like, exactly the people right. who vote for those people say, yeah, but their intentions are really good. Like, who wouldn't want world peace? And right. yeah, there's some garbage to walk around with and some needles. You can't take your kid to the park anymore, and you probably shouldn't even take him to school anymore. But, <laughs> man, these guys have really good intentions about solving that problem half a world away. They can do nothing about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that and that lasts until reality comes to bite you in the butt. Yeah. That's it's going, it's, it's like going all in in poker. It works every time, right up until it doesn't. Until it doesn't work anymore. And that's and, and I think that's one of the things that Kenny G in the future has got to w- watch for. When society yeah. becomes so unpinned from reality, becomes so unpinned from basic concepts such as merit and becomes uh, so unpinned from concepts such as keeping people safe, public safety, or, you know, wh- whatever the, the, the physical thing is and becomes only about the positions and the words you say and how you say them, then you're, yeah. you're at and the I, end. And I think if I was to counsel Kenny G on things to look for, maybe this is something that you and I can work in regularly is, is like indicators to look for. I think the one I would start with is start keeping track of the times that you think or say they wouldn't do that. Would they, they wouldn't do that. Yeah. And then it, and then it happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it might happen for four years. It might happen in six months and who knows how long, but all these things that we think, okay, they can do this, but they wouldn't go that far. Right. And then you go, holy shit, they went that far and a little further. Um, that's when when you start ticking those things off mentally or whatever. Right. That's when you know that you're you're heading in the in the direction here. Uh, before we wrap up, Dave, I want to share something with you that that uh, a couple weeks ago I shared something with you about something I was sad that Kenny G would not get to experience, and that oh, yeah. of course was the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition that, that's not going to be printed anymore did you bring one out uh, from your collection today, I, I would share something what's that did you bring one out from your collection i did <laughs> i don't have a collection anymore <laughs> i i did at one time i probably had about 15, 12 or 15 yeah. uh but i had the good ones you know el mcpherson oh, yeah. and kathy ireland oh, i had go. all the good ones <laughs> yeah and i and i had most of them some of the pages might have been bad shape but i, I had most of them i don't want to talk about anyhow it. <laughs> uh i saw something yesterday i and i i thought to myself I hope Kenny G or I'll be glad if Kenny G doesn't have to experience this. Yeah. And that is uh, uh, a pretty famous guy. Toby Keith died yesterday. Oh yes. Yeah. I heard that. And uh, very well liked by many, many people. Um, Some folks, not a big fan, whatever. Fine. Um, But I, I saw this phenomenon happen and I was like, Holy crap. If that is not a representation of what life is like in this moment. And Somebody had put a thing on social media that said, R.I.P. Toby Keith. And a reply came from a person that said, he's not resting, he's walking with Jesus. Now, that's fine. But I thought, why is there this this urge to constantly overlook the 80% to correct the 20%? (laughs) Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and again, I'm sure the person had good intentions, but this is the, this is the, the moment, the vibe we're in. This is the, this is what it's like to, to have, um, exchanges of ideas with people. They overlook all the things you say that are absolutely hundred percent accurate. And they reach for that part that they can find the disagreement with now. Right. So in this case, Maybe maybe too silly of a silly of an example. They both were obviously wishing well for this man who sure. they they liked a lot and had yeah. whatever. But instead of just saying agreed, saying I think the same thing, they had she had to find this way to to say yeah, but my way is a little bit better. My yeah, way yeah. is a little bit different. You and, stand out. and that is the way it is with all this stuff. All the things you're talking about, like the 
the garbage, you know, yeah, the garbage be picked up, but you know, we'll get to that someday. Yeah. Or we got bigger things to take care of. Right? We, we got to keep Donald Trump out of office. Like <laughs> there's, there's this constant. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. 85% of what you're saying is true, but I'm going to find that 12% that maybe you can't prove. I'm going to find that 1% that, that you can't prove, or it's, it's just this constant looking for things to find a disagreement about right. where there's no need to find disagreement about. It. And I thought, over a person dying, like really, you freaking weirdo! Like, why would you? I, I wasn't thinking weirdo about this woman when I read this thing. I really didn't have kind things to think about her. I don't know who she is. She's yeah. some random person. I'll never know who it was. But it's like, why, why, why here? Why can't you just wish the man well and move on with your day? Why does it have to be a correction? Why do we have to find a way to to show that I'm more righteous than you and how sure. I think of this thing, or I'm wiser than you, or yeah, but your idea is kind of okay, but mine's much better. This yeah, but nonsense. Holy crap. Is that exhausting? And and yeah. I think part of what leads to us not being able to resolve anything. <laughs> it, it is. It, it's, it's the, it's the elevation of the YouTube star. It's, it's yeah. basically everybody wants to be Mr. Beast. Everybody wants yeah. to be the one that everybody watches. You know, when, when we were kids, people wanted to, you know, you wanted to stand out by something. You, you hit a home run on the baseball team or whatever. Uh, but now it's like, I want to be the one that makes the last point. And everybody's, oh, right. yeah, yeah, you really yeah. took it to him, right? I mean, everybody wants the to be. Point, or the one to look a little more sophisticated, a little yeah. more evolved, a little more wise, a little more righteous. Like, it's, it's in this, again, she wasn't like slamming the door on guy and saying, you're sure. 100% wrong. It wasn't like that at all. Right. She just had to demonstrate that she was a little bit more. Yeah. And, and I just, I'm tired of that, man. That's a common really societal value now. That's and you're right. I mean, if we could all just can't we just all what was Rodney King? Can't we all just get along? Yeah. <laughs> In her case, can't we all just shut up? <laughs> like, <laughs> how about you just be quiet and right. just like think your own thoughts to yourself and not yeah. you don't have to have a compulsion to show somebody else that you're all these things. Right. Which is ironic coming from a guy who's doing a podcast talking about how screwed up everything. Well, is. <laughs> I mean, we we we're on we're on the top, so that's too too bad for them, you know. <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, like we said earlier, and we say every single time, we truly want to know where you think we get it right and where we th where you think we get it wrong. Uh, what Dave and I are trying to do is explain to somebody living 70 years from now what this moment in time is like. And we, you know, we obviously have our thoughts on how it's going, but we would love to hear what you think. And if you think we completely missed something, jump in and tell us. Go to unsilentpodcast.com or go to our Rumble channel. There's a great comment section on the Rumble on the Rumble page. You can comment on any of the videos. Um, if you're watching on Rumble, uh, don't be afraid to hit that little thumbs up button or the like button. You know, it's Dave and Brian against the algorithm. That's how this game is played. <laughs> right. And uh, uh, but for real, we'd love to hear your comments and, and see what you think as far as if we get it right or not. Again, unsignedpodcast.com or Rumble. And until next week, this is Dave and Brian signing off. See you next week. Do you want to be on silent? Make your voice heard on our social media channels and share where you think we got it right or wrong. Go to unsilentpodcast.com for social links so you can join the discussion.